Welcome to Web3 Unpacked. I'm your host, Rich Pasqua, founder and CEO of ARC. Each week we unpack the Web3 revolution. Join us as we discover and explore the people, projects, and visionaries building the trusted web. Hello everyone and welcome to Web3 Unpacked. This week we have co-founder and CPO or Chief Product Officer, Adam Karen. Adam is the Chief Product Officer of Exchange Art, and Exchange Art is a wonderful NFT platform that we're going to dig into and learn more about this week. Welcome, Adam. It's great Thanks to for joining. be here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm super pumped to talk about Solana, NFTs, digital art. We're going to go the gamut. Yeah. Going to run no the whole course. There's, there's lots to cover. Um, lots happening, especially yeah. this week. This couple of weeks, I should say. Um, <clears throat> and uh, why don't you kind of give us a little bit uh, of an overview of Exchange Art and what the, how the platform works and kind yeah. of why you guys decided to jump into that? So I guess maybe, so, so Exchange Art is the leading fine art marketplace on Solana. We help artists put their digital art onto the blockchain. We're on Solana um, and we help them do primary sales and we also allow the collectors to do secondary sales. Um, we help collectors find the art that they're passionate about collecting. And that's, that's really what exchange art is. It's from the time the artist uh, wants to put that art on the blockchain to sell, to actually selling it, to the collector trying to figure out what they're passionate about and enjoy collecting. And then once the collector is like, hey, I, I think that there's an opportunity to, to make some money, we also facilitate the ability for them to resell uh, the art on our secondary market. Interesting. So maybe you can explain the secondary market because to me, I personally am on yeah. foundation. Um, foundation doesn't have anything like that. Yeah. Uh, and you have to sling to open C for secondary yeah. markets. How so does that work with you guys? This is super interesting. So, you know, Alex, myself, Tibby, Horia and Andre actually started uh, the first open NFT marketplace on Solana. It was called Digitalize. So we came back, we came from a, a digital collectibles market. So in like 45 days of not sleeping, we, we actually had grossed over 150 million in a USD uh, gross volume. And then we had left due to complications with envision directions with uh, the previous uh, founder and we started exchange art. And we noticed a huge gap in the marketplace on Solana. We're like, where is the digital art? Right? There's a ton of collectible marketplaces, but where's the digital art? There, was, there just wasn't there. There's only about $200,000 in gross volume in the trailing 12 months. And so over the course from October 31st to uh, actually our recent anniversary, um, we, we actually increased that from 200,000 in gross volume to over 13 million uh, in gross volume. So massive growth and we've, and we've helped over 8,000 artists make a living. Over 25 artists are making over 10,000 USD per month. And that is with the current prices, right, of Solana. So wow. we're really, really proud of the amount of people that are making a living from our platform. And over 50 artists, over 50 artists are making over 5,000. And over 150 artists are making over 1,000 US dollars. And we have artists from around the world, you know, places like Indonesia, Africa, everywhere. And so it's, it's really amazing to see how we're changing people's life around the world. Yeah, it's, um, it is a fascinating dynamic, 
fast-moving world. Um, uh, what do you so just really what makes exchange art really really different? What sets you guys yeah. apart? So, you know, I would say one, we are the first open and inclusive and focused fine art marketplace. So you, you know, when I look back, when I was, I started on Ethereum doing a lot of DeFi, but as I was looking at the NFT marketplace, you know, there was really like two options. You could go to OpenSea, which was really primarily, it's very PFP heavy, right? That's a lot of the volume. Or you could try to get into a gated platform like Foundation and Super Rare. So I was like, well, that doesn't make a ton of sense because if you're not able to get into the platform, you can't make a living. You know, part of my background that surprised a lot of people, my mom, you know, she went you know, two decades ago, she went back to school. She wanted to be a photographer. She left photography school and couldn't get into a gallery. She wasn't yeah. able to make a living. She had to go the commercial photography route. And so I, one of the reasons from a product strategy and vision perspective, I wanted to play build a place that my mom could sell, that other artists that were basically blocked from being able to make a living could make a living. And what we, we also wanted to create a place that collectors knew they could go, not only to buy, but also resell. And so to your example, uh, that's something we also wanted to address, something that the collectible markets do quite well, uh, but the, the fine art market wasn't. And what's amazing about digital fine art relative to its physical counterparts is you're looking at five to eight years between primary and secondary, if you're lucky, uh, in terms of you know being able to resell. In this world, yeah. you might get three to six months, which is like light speed relative yeah. to the physical counterpart. Adam, yeah, just... I Oh, go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to say I love the the, the mom's uh, the mom story. Yeah. It's fascinating. It's great. Um, and, and in fact, you know, you use that as kind of a persona for for how you want people to feel. Now, yeah, I, I, I'm on a few different exchange uh, exchanges here, NFT platforms. Mm -hmm. uh, some gated, some not. Mm -hmm. Now, when you're looking at like Legend or Super Rare or anything else yeah. like that, they gate and or quote yep. unquote you know, curate their sure. artists, if you will. Do you guys have any kind of curation process that goes to there, or is it open to everyone? It's, we have a moderation process. One of the things we're extraordinarily proud of is that out of the over 10,000 series that exist, over, I mean, over 90,000 NFTs sold, we've only had 10 cases of fraud. So we've done an extraordinarily good job at preventing and protecting our user base from malicious yeah. actors. We're very proud of that. Um, we, we let the market decide. You know, we have a leaderboard. Artists love to compete. We also segment by category. So if you're interested in illustration or photography, you can actually rank within those very specific fine art categories. Um, so we provide a lot of means for the market to curate. And what we found was, you know, while we're an open, inclusive marketplace, we, are the, the, we have the highest sales uh, on Solana in terms of a per piece basis. So, you know, we're very proud of the fact that we can be both open and inclusive and we can enable the market to decide what art is worth and we're not, we're not market making. That's very important for us. Yeah. I was going to ask you, Adam, I'm just curious, uh, Say you're a new artist. What mm -hmm. are the determining factors? It is an open marketplace in that sense, but what what sure. rises someone's value to the top versus someone yeah. who who is unable to make those leaderboards, so to speak? It's a fantastic question. I kind of I view it on three three criteria points. One is the artist 
themselves, their ability to storytell, connect with collectors, manage those relationships, market themselves. This is important because of the traditional art world. The gallery takes 50 to 70 percent of the primary sale. In exchange, they have a buyer list. They do that marketing and sales. But now you get 97.5 percent of the profit, but you also have more responsibilities than you ever have had in the past. So the artist and how they market, very important. How they communicate with collectors, extremely important. And those are all things that I personally, myself, I have a very large collection, um, look to in order to determine whether I want to buy. Then there's the, the art itself. So, you know, has it ever been done in art history, right? Because we're seeing digital art that has never been done, art history that is being made on a daily basis on Solana. So has this art category ever been done? And you know that's one thing that I look for um, in determining value. Uh, the other is the artist's ability to articulate that work. So are they able to, 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 to you know, t tweet it out? Are they able to write blog posts about it? Are they able to articulate their work? So it's the, the uniqueness of the art the the artist itself and their persona and how they go to market and then their ability to articulate that work. Those are the three parameters that I primarily look for to determine whether I want to purchase an artist or not. Yeah, but those are also the parameters to think about if you're an artist. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, all good points. And um, community is everything, right? As we're learning, everything's coming back to community. How do you uh, you you touched a little bit on it just now? Um, but how do you manage the community and, and is everything done on the platform or are you, are you offshooting people? Maybe there's membership NFTs to your discord server mm -hmm. or, or something like that. How are you managing the whole dialogue? Yeah. So if you're refer are you referring from exchange art to the community specifically? Yeah. Exchange art yeah, to yeah. the community. And then even outwardly, like just, you know, exchange art in general, like general communications. Yeah. So. One of the things, various ways. So we started with Twitter, um, and we grew a, a, a fantastic uh, organic following. We didn't do giveaways. The people that we have as followers are truly like humans that are like yeah, engaging cool. with with our posts. And um, we started doing Twitter Spaces, daily Twitter Spaces, providing a platform for artists to give their feedback directly to me uh, and other people that are on the team. Also, it was an opportunity for them to be able to, you know, market their work because we have a large following. So we're able to get collectors to hear these new artists speak and get to know them. So we provided a means for the artists to make uh, to promote themselves. Um, we also do one on one artist talks. And so it's a really, really good way to educate the market, because remember, at the very beginning, people were only buying PFPs on Solana. They were not buying fine art. So we had to educate yeah. collectors. We had to provide an avenue for new artists to be able to promote. The other uh, mechanism that we started doing, um, I was probably about six months back, was opening up a Discord and providing kind of that that uh, support in there where people can ask questions and you know meet other people. So Discord was another uh, big channel uh, that we've done, and we started to open up new channels like YouTube. Uh, where people can provide kind of their like the top artists can provide educational material that new artists can learn from, um, as well as other short form content, Instagram, TikTok, and other media. So we're 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 growing as a company, but uh, t Twitter is a is a very important channel for us.
Yeah, Twitter Spaces is is proving to be pretty pretty powerful, especially yeah. now. Literally, we're just seeing so many Twitter Spaces butt up, and and just tons and tons of people getting involved um, in kind of tumultuous news and <laughs> and art art scenes and the the happier art scene. <laughs> um, but um, you know, we're big Solana fans here. Yeah. Right. Um, for various reasons. We, yeah. we just think that they're positioning themselves way differently than so many other uh, platforms totally. or protocols. Um, we're using, you know, their tokens on a daily basis to right. conduct business and, and or, you know, try different products out. What led because because what what people don't realize is there's so many decisions to be made when creating a platform like you sure. know, exchange art. Um, what made you guys gravitate towards Solana? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a really good question. I mean, like, I want to transform the art world. And that means that it has to be accessible, right? Because, you know, if you just look at the top 10, one of the things I'm super proud of the top 10 selling artists, the, the number one selling artist is, a, is, a, is an Asian man. There's multiple women in the top 10. There's multiple people of various ethnicities. And in the art world, traditionally, if you were a person of color, you were neglected. You were absolutely, it's a really sad part about the art world's history. If you were a female, you were oftentimes neglected. And so I'm very proud of the fact that Solana's accessibility has created, has, has enabled our vision of being open and inclusive. And it reflects on the top sellers, right? And so that's really, really important is this accessibility. Um, you know, we want it to be super cheap to mint. If, I, I don't know if you saw the announcement with Metaplex, uh, but, you know, they announced that you can mint one million NFTs for $150. <laughs> I mean, it's oh, gosh. reasonable. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, anybody should go out and mint a million NFTs, but what I am saying is, whoa. Right. Like think about how much it costs now to put an NFT onto the blockchain or a digital asset onto the blockchain. That, that's that's a game changer. And again, I, I for me, I love Ethereum. I started got my whole start on Ethereum with DeFi. But then when it got with the NFT gas wars that were going on, it just made ETH less fun for me because yeah. it started to take away from my gains. And so I was like just looking for a blockchain that was like. What what is the thing that's going to onboard the next hundred million people? What can enable culture? And I was like, Solana's it. I mean, it, it's extraordinary to see the community and how engaged they are. Yeah, it is. It is almost night and day between Ethereum. And again, we agree with you because we're Ethereum heads too. <laughs> you know, yeah. we love it. It's a very foundational uh, protocol, of course. But man, you open your wallet, it's night and day. Um, I mean, you use Phantom fees. versus, if you look at Phantom, right? It's like, yeah. just, just yeah. Phantom alone. Yeah, we got literally onboarded to Phantom Wallet in the Solana store in New York City. And it was fun. It was a great experience. It worked well. The the wallet's really light, nice. It's great. Coinbase it's Pay, right? Yeah. I don't know if you saw this. Coinbase Pay, you can, it's yeah. got a fiat on-ramp right into the uh, Phantom mobile app. I mean, it's it's amazing. And Again, when we think about normal people and trying to get them into this a non-custodial wallet, as an example, those kinds of little things they they add up, right? Yeah, they definitely absolutely. Add up. Tons of features and functionality, but they're really taking a physical and digital approach to onboarding, and yeah. you know, kudos. 
stuff. Yeah, Vibu is great from Solana Spaces. I mean, those are just oh. ex- outstanding uh, experiences. If you haven't checked one out, you should you should definitely do it. Absolutely. Yeah, there was so much fun to, uh, to see in person, you know, that sort of fusion of the two. Uh, something I'm just curious about, when we talk about fine art and as distinct from other forms of art, and then when we look at how much art is being generated now, yeah. you know, you were talking about how much easier it's becoming for people to mint. How do we evaluate where, where something has value anymore? Like, how do we really make that determination? And, and do you see an explosion of art altering that landscape? Yeah, no, it's a really, it's a really fascinating question. So first, I think it's important to like understand that the current landscape of NFTs is going to evolve over time. NFTs are like enterprise tech for cloud, right? Like the cloud, like the concept of the cloud. It's such a huge area, and right now that market is digital collectibles and digital art. And one of the ways that I, the easiest way to kind of separate a digital collectible from digital art is rarity. Everything that is a one of one is rare, right? But with a collectible like a Pokemon card or a trading card, right? Rarity is what provides the fundamental value. When you look at like exchange art, a lot of the artists, they they have transparent price history. That price history oftentimes was formed through buy now sales or, 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 or even more so auctions. And so auctions are a public way to find the price, right? You have multiple people that are passionate about the art and they're willing to pay the money for it. And then you you ultimately see price history increase for the top artists. So it's a very, very organic, natural way. It's it's all about buyer demand. And that's how mm. value is determined. It's determined by a free market. So yeah. in these auctions, uh, and maybe this is my own naivety, so there's the distinction is that fine art would be more individual pieces or more frequently individual pieces versus yeah. a, a collection where there's infinite, not infinite, but potentially infinite variations of the same piece? Um, yeah, I mean, well, so the way that they're minted is just entirely different, for example. So one is, uh, you know, done through, a, a, you know, you might have like 10,000 pieces and you click a mint button and then you're getting one pre-configured asset from uh, the, 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 the mentor. With one of one, they're literally going and preparing the asset one by one, listing it one by one. It's a very, very different uh, buy flow for, for the user. And the production process is entirely different as well. Again, rarity isn't what's in mind. It's a, an artist statement that they're trying to deliver um, and with the digital asset. So it's, it's, the whole mindset is very different. Oftentimes also the collectible market is to, to raise funds to make a company, whereas the artist is creating art with a very, very different goal in mind, if that makes sense. So the, the objective of the the collectible market is very, very different than the objective of the uh, digital art market. So it's almost mm. like a parallel I see, almost like when you go to MoMA, right, or a fine art yeah. gallery, and you have one in Southampton, right? So this yeah. idea is that each piece has a narrative behind it, a thought process behind it, Absolutely. something that gives it distinction and value. Yes. What we see in some of the, maybe not, you know, in board, the board apes and things like that, we're seeing mm. maybe a bit more mass production not that that doesn't have merit in its own right but it's community but, but it's right? different like the, yeah. The, yeah. the community is a huge aspect of the collectible market that, that community that like a board api community the crypto punks community i mean that's what remember when all this stuff really exploded COVID was going on everybody felt mm-hmm. isolated this is a way to engage for a ton of people that felt very very lonely right 
And so I think that's one of the reasons why the digital collectible market exploded in the way it did was because of COVID partially. Does that slow down now that people are going back out again? Well, I think it depends on what chain. I mean, if you look at like Solana, it it it, you know, it was over 250,000 sold in gross volume on the collectible market. So it really just depends on the chain. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the markets have, the NFT market has slowed down, but it's really... Uh, it's really interesting the idea of fine art versus NFT art or anything else beyond that. Because when I started making my own NFTs to experiment, just play with it, it wasn't a get rich quick scheme. It was really, let me understand the technology. Let me understand the platforms and the communities. And I did exactly what you said to do is one off. I'm just going to make one. And I had my friends laughing at me going, Rich, you got to make a collection. It's got to be prolific. And I'm like, why can't you just have one? Doesn't that make it a little more special? They're like, no, collections are the way to go. And, you know, maybe in some cases that's the truth. But I really like the idea of honing in on a piece of art that has a message. And it's, there's only one of them. Now, th yeah. th this brings me to another really weird, fun thing that's actually not new, but um, recently in the news, uh, I just saw Damien Hirst, who's yeah. actually one of my favorite, favorite artists on the planet. Um, because he does tell stories, he is evocative, um, he's deep. He yeah, makes yeah. you think. Love him. Okay, but he's shoving his paintings and graphics and whatever else into a fire and recording it live. Nothing new. We've seen it done uh, a year or so ago. What are your thoughts on that? Like actually toasting the real art? I mean, I think at the time, it was probably the right way of thinking. I mean, I, I love Damien Hurst. He's always kind of a troublemaker. That's his, that's his <laughs> exactly. brand. Exactly. He is, he is uh, uh, exciting in that way. But, you know, at the time, there was no way to pair a physical and a digital piece of art. So where does the value lie? But what if it was possible to pair? What if it was possible to change how physical art provenance worked? Mm. And that we can talk about again in six months. Oh yeah, <laughs> there you go. But, uh, that, it's but, just... but, but that, that's, the, that's the exciting thing about it, right? Is like, you know, he, he does a social experiment um, based on where the technology is. But as we all know, this technology is evolving on a quarterly basis. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, now, do you, 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 you feel that the markets are going to pick up and, and you like completely uh, change, change speed? I always, I, I always equate the NFT world to like, I lived in Brooklyn for many years. Mm. And it was like, I started hanging out there in the early 90s and it was really dicey and strange and fun and artistic and musical and everything then you know the artists move in mm -hmm. and then the neighborhoods slowly start to change a little bit and things get built up and to me in the nft world the artists are showing us the way as they yeah. usually do right um socially and emotionally whatever however you want to put it and using technology um but it, it, and then it's going to go into the utility-driven uh, uh, NFTs, which we really are starting to understand and develop for ourselves here at ARC. Yeah. Um, 
How do you see that evolution happening? Yeah, I think it's, 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 it's one that like, will will happen together. I, I want the, I, I, I absolutely want the collectible market to succeed because if they succeed, more users are going to come in, more people will, will, will go down the funnel to, to, to fine art, right? This is the, I don't know if you've seen the traditional flow of money. It's like this inverted pyramid, <laughs> yeah. right? Where you have the speculative layer and then you have the generative and then you have the one of ones. So I, I you know, I think they're symbiotic. Um, I think that, uh, you know, artists are, are coming in in mass, you know, we have over 150 artists per week that join the platform. Um, so there's, there's a huge demand still. Uh, and again, it's the promise of being able to be an independent artist, right? Again, the, the alternative is give a gallery 50 to 70%. That's, that's mm. the market alternative right now. So yeah. the switching cost is pretty powerful, right? You can, you can take back your business. You can control your buyer list. You can build your buyer list. Uh, so it's very, very compelling um, uh, for artists. And, and I, again, I, I only see that growing. We've only been growing quarter over quarter uh, on, on Solana from an overall sole, sole volume perspective. Every, every quarter we, we've, we've grown and we're going to continue to grow. This month's looking great. Yeah. I mean, when you really look at, I, I, I think of NFTs as, yes, they're very artful right now. But I see them as little tiny doors that you 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 can open, you can share or do whatever you want to do with them. But they're little doorways or portals into a static graphic, animated, a video clip, audio, whatever you want, what, whatever rich media you want to use. But down the road, I see it as like these portals into opening up maybe virtual worlds. Yeah. Or augmented. Um, we have a, a friend over at Shadaverse who's, who's doing augmented, you know, uh, AR driven um, art pieces, uh, art NFTs, uh, and spinning up multiples, you know, uh, thousands of them if you want. Um, really interesting. And I think we're just scratching the surface right now because once you start getting to immersive environments, sure, they can be anything, literally anything. Totally. Totally agree with you. I mean, and, and not even just art related or collectible related. I mean, like titles, right? For, for real estate, uh, mineral rights for oil and gas. I mean, like there's just, there's endless number of use cases that could yep, apply to team. Yeah. So it's, I, I think we're just scratching the surface. I totally agree with you. The, the, the this is only going to grow. Yeah. Do you yeah. see exchange rate eventually evolving into all these different sectors? So it's exchange real estate, it's exchange, <laughs> like the exchange brand becomes any possible NFT of the future? I, th I think for right now, our, our, our focus is to transform the art world, both on the digital side and then uh, potentially one day on the physical side. We, we, this, this industry, the art world, has, is very old and it has not changed for a very, very yeah. long time. Yeah. Yeah. And we have the, the expertise and the technical capabilities, both the, on the industry side as well as on the technical side, to really do some serious transformation, to build a better future with the artists. That's our goal. Do you see yeah. the conventional art world as a competitor, in a sense? You know, it's so, super interesting. I, I, I have a, a good friend. His name is Todd Levin. We, we talk about this a lot. Todd, Todd is a, a major uh, a purchaser of art. He's an art advisor. He started the Art Advisor Professional Association as well as uh, is acquired over a billion dollars worth of art. So he's definitely a player in the space. And, and I think where we've landed 
as we've had these conversations is in the next five to 10 years, the space will converge. Yeah. But we're, we're still a ways away from that. Um, the, the gallery world, whether it be the international, national, or regional, uh, is still kind of hands, you know, hands, they're kind of like, you know, Heisman. Uh, the auction houses are slowly, very slowly, you know, tipping their toes into the water. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're, yeah. we're still, I'd say, five to ten years away from these converging. Uh, but I view them as partners, not competitors. I want to help bring a better future to artists. I want to bring art on chain. There's a level of like, it's funny, you know, in the gallery world, there's a level of opaqueness that exists for price. Uh, and that creates uh, this kind of interesting pricing paradox. Whereas if you, nobody wants to feel like a sucker, right? So by on the blockchain, giving full price transparency, which again, the art world does not do, unless you have an art advisor, or you have access to the data, which most normal people don't. Um, you're kind of, you create this hesitancy, whereas in, in, in the blockchain, people feel comfortable making the purchase because they can see the full price history. So I, 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 I'd like to see these worlds converge. I'd like to view the galleries as a partner. I'd like to evolve the business model. I'd like to help bring them on chain. So I, I don't view them as a, as, a, as a competitor. I believe in the composability of NFTs. Democratizing uh, art. It's interesting. It's really great. Yeah. Uh, and it, feel, it, it feels um, you can create an, an air of exclusivity, but... It is fair and balanced. Yeah. Really. And that's, that's a really nice thing. And a theme we all need to keep, keep going for <laughs> these days. A absolutely. Like, I think Web3 principles are really, really important. I think they're also kind of still being defined, but being yeah. open, inclusive, uh, aiming for composability. I think these are things that we should all be striving for. And these are definitely things that we uh, are striving for at Exchange Art. Mm. Now, Adam... There is something we've been talking about for months now, and so is everyone else. But yeah. the the idea of generative art, yeah, right, AI driven generative art, whatever however sure. you want to call it. Um, what are your thoughts on it? Like proof of human, like what you know? You know, it's, where does it's it go funny. from here? It's funny. Like I was talking with uh, Haley, our, our senior curator. She's been in the art world for over fifteen years on the the sell side and the buy side as well as a museum curator. So she's kind of done the full spectrum. And we were talking about this and we were talking about like portraits, you know, when they used to paint the portraits and we were thinking about like, you know, back in the day, it, they, they probably were saying the same thing about photography, right? When the camera, mm -hmm. and I kind of view it this, when we talked, we, we, we kind of settled on the same thing. It's like the same thing, right? The, the photographer is there with the camera, but they have to set up the lighting. They have to set up the composition. They have to set up the storytelling. They have to set the scene. There's a lot of work and they still have to take the photo. Yeah. I, I view AI as a tool. There's some extraordinary yeah. artists that basically are, are using AI as part of their production process. It's they're not just typing in three words and then, you yeah. know, Right. That that Why that not? would be uh, that, <laughs> those all end up just... kind of looking the same too. I've found like you can kind yeah. of spot those. Uh, maybe not, but it feels like you can. Kind uh, no, of. I mean, there's definitely a level of truth to that. I mean, when you use Dolly or Midjourney, I mean, 
if you're just typing in the words and that's all you're doing, I don't think the market will respond well. But when you use it as part of your production process, I've seen extraordinary things. And the market has responded extremely well. Um, as a platform, we believe in transparency of all categories. So we have these, like I was telling you earlier, we have illustration, abstract, photography. We also have AI art. And per the terms of service of these platforms, you have to actually say if it's AI art. You, like, yeah. They require it. And so we enforce that. Um, within our categorization. And we've done a really a, a, a amazing uh, job on that front. Very, very proud of our operations team. Uh, you know, we've got great categorization that enable great discovery by our collectors. Awesome. Yeah, and we we view generative art in the same light you, you do. It is a tool. And for thousands of years, artists have been creating tools um, or gift given tools, then it's their job to break them and reinvent them. Yeah, so I think that's what we have to do. On the AI side, that's that that's we we definitely enable artists to be able to sell AI art uh, through our platform. Um, again, these are still one of ones, uh, and that's an important thing for Exchange Art. But we also uh, Exchange Art is launching a, another platform uh, called Code Campus, and that is long form generative. And that's really, really fascinating. I don't know if y'all know a lot about that, but uh, for, for your for your listeners, basically, when you think about a collectible, a PFP, a lot of the times these are pre-configured assets and there's a lot of manual touch-up that also happens. So between the body and the traits, when they mash them together, there's a lot of manual touch-ups. With long-form generative, the way it works is you have like uh, an IDE, right? You, you enter in the lines of code, it creates a visual output, but that visual output is rendered in real time. There is no takebacks, right? Yeah. So the level of difficulty associated with it is probably one of the largest reasons that it has an immense value. You see this with art blocks, extraordinary work that's been created, FX hash on Tezos, extraordinary work that's been created. This is missing on Solana. So uh, Exchange Art is, 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 is bringing to market um, next early, early next year, uh, code canvas, which is going to be long form generative art on Solana. So we're really, really excited about that new platform. And we wanted to create a dedicated platform where primary and secondary sales could specifically happen for this very unique form of art. So we're very, very proud of that and excited. Yeah, and just going back to Solana, just to, what I really like about what you're doing and really differentiates you guys from other ones is you truly are partnering with a Solana, the protocol itself. Oh, yeah. um, and you're, they're looking at you as product innovators for their pro platform as well, which is really nice. So this is all features and functionality. And it's almost like this collective or, uh, you know, hive mind uh, product development, if you will. And it's, it, that's oh, really yeah. cool. Yeah, I mean, the, cool. the level of responsiveness by Solana Labs is extraordinary. And the open yeah. source community that is building these tools that are making development on Solana even better is extraordinary. I, I, I um, you know, you just, I left Breakpoint putting aside the FTX stuff, so <laughs> energized, so excited. I mean, there's just, where do you start, right? Like you have the, the Google cloud partnership, extraordinary partnership, yeah. very, very big deal. Uh, Developers going crazy over that. We're super excited. We use Google Cloud. We're super right. excited. Um, you know, you've got the Helium, right? The whole telecommunication network of the future. 
moving to Solana. That's a massive deal. Uh, That's huge. You're yeah. the fire dancer, which is people don't like, you know, I, I, I always, I have this, like a, uh, the Ethereum feedback, right. On, Hey, we want Solana to be more decentralized. And the beautiful thing is Solana wants to be more decentralized too. And fire dancer is a massive step in having two validator clients for more reliability than network. And so that's a huge deal. Very exciting. And honestly, I thought that was going to be in another nine months. I was shocked how fast they're going to market. And I think that's the, one of the coolest things about Solana is how fast the development community moves. It builds mm -hmm. and it builds quickly. You, uh, you kind of, uh, Adam, you beat, beat me to the question of, um, you know, decentralization, right? And I wasn't, you know, we weren't, we, we didn't really, we're trying not to bring up FTX too much, but man, hard to avoid. It, 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 it's <laughs> really hard up. to avoid. Yeah. yeah. Um, what, you know, what I would say is like, what I would ask is, are you guys getting dinged in any way? So um, for, for us, just, you know, just real briefly on this, you know, we, we have had no direct uh, impact from the FTX events. Our, we, we have no funds uh, that, have, uh, that are anywhere near that. Um, you know, Solana has built a strong community. It's one of the fastest developer, uh, fastest growing developer ecosystems. Uh, we continue to see artists and creators build NFTs on Solana and continue to grow the ecosystem. And we've seen this on exchange art as well as other platforms. And despite, you know, again, despite these recent news, we're extraordinarily bullish on Solana and believe that this community is here to stay. Uh, mm -hmm. And again, I really, my heart goes out to anybody that's been impacted. There's, it, it, it is, it is extraordinarily terrible. Uh, the, you know, the stories that I've heard and I, I feel absolutely awful uh, yeah. for those individuals. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to uh, avoid, but one of the narratives that we're pushing it is very, very similar to what you guys are are saying, what you're saying. And we want to echo this to our audience. Like, you know, look at Adam and Exchange Art. There was a huge, you know, cratered, you know, nuclear bomb, if you will, that went off. But guys like these are pushing forward. And that's what we, we keep saying. The true players are going to keep pushing forward, pushing for decentralization, as we talked about. Um, it, it, it's not the best of times, but it actually is the best of times to actually put your head down and start, you know, keep pushing forward and, and, and keeping keeping the code coming. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think one thing that like is is just to kind of put it in perspective. You have platforms on ETH that have been around four, five, six years. Okay, uh, you look at the collectible counterparts, the fine art counter counterparts. They're at feature parity in under a year. Mm. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Right. And, and, and that, is, that is fast. And, and what's even cooler is now that we have parity, imagine what we're going to do in the next year. So I think you're going to see a level of innovation that has, has, has not happened before. I mean, people called us crazy for having one of ones and additions on the same platform. Yeah. We, you know, we, we did a lot of things that broke the mold of what is the right thing to do. And we're going to keep doing innovative and exciting things that help artists make a living. That's our true north. We want every single artist to be able to make a living and find their true passion. And you know what? That's that's the part of the ethos of Web3. We're experimenting, we're playing, we're creating, we're breaking, we're yeah. losing, we're winning. Exactly. That, and we're, do, we're doing it all in public, right? Yeah. Um, and, and that last part is so, so important. People don't appreciate 
the how, how the courage that it requires to build in public. It's absolutely, <laughs> it absolutely. takes a lot of every step of the way. Yeah. Oh my and, God. Yeah, it takes a lot of all your cards. Yeah. 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 We, we always say like, you know, look at Microsoft, look at Apple. They fail every single day. The yep. difference is they do it in their own walled garden. Yes. No one sees the failures. That's I mean, right. Sometimes, sometimes they do. Sometimes. They do. <laughs> um, yeah. We're not going to bring that up. Um, we're not going to bring that up. <laughs> but, you know, there's a giant, you know, planet Earth sized microscope on Web3. But that's okay. Yeah. That's where the honesty comes out. That's where the transparency comes out. Um, and I think it's just a really important, important thing to bring up. So. When you say you want more artists to be able to make a living, and when you look at the platform right now, like what's the range like? Is it common for someone to just say, hey, I'm going to quit my day job, and now I'm an artist making a reasonable living? Maybe I'm not doing Beeple sales at you know 50 mil plus. <laughs> but how realistic is it for someone to be able to engage and, and actually just you know do their, their passion for, uh, for rent? Yeah, no, it's a great question. And you know, it really depends on, A, where you are in the world. Um, so, you know, the cost of living in Indonesia is different than the cost of living in Brooklyn, right? So I think that, that, that's one thing is like, I tell all, all artists before they jump in, make sure that they have the runway and the cash to actually support themselves to do this full time. You can always do this part time, right? A lot of artists do do this part time and it's changed their life. They've been able to help pay off student debt. They've been able to. Uh, uh, one artist was able to help uh, pay for their mother's cancer treatments. So a lot of people, um, uh, you know, aren't doing it full time yet, but they are doing it part time and it's helping supplement their costs uh, of living. And, and uh, that's important, too. Um, so I would say uh, what I tell all artists, make sure that you have the runway to be able to do this. Make sure that you, um, uh, you know, are saving money. Uh, I told this to artists 12 months ago that, you know, we're in a bear market. What that means is likely the, the, the token price will continue to fall as it has in the past. And a lot of artists did plan. Uh, I know one artist was able to put away uh, $25,000 um, for this moment in time so they could continue to create art. They had prepared for the inevitable crash that happened in crypto. Uh, and then the artists that unfortunately were didn't plan some have had to take on uh, you know another full-time job so that they can pay the rent um and so you know bear markets are an opportunity to build not just for the developers but also for the artists building that brand is really important you look at x copy back in 2018 he was willing to take 40 dollars for uh one of one now that same one of one is millions on resale. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, the good news is that artist gets a royalty. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's really, really exciting. And, you know, one of the things that we saw happening uh, as a platform was the royalty uh, were starting to, 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 to go by the wayside on the collectible market. And so we had created solutions, our royalty protection standard. That the good thing about um, uh, fine art on Solana is that even if you're selling a piece, for let's say $300, if that piece one day is worth a million, you can get a royalty from it still. And so you can right. you can share with the collector on the upside, uh, which is so extraordinarily unique to the blockchain. This doesn't happen in the real world. You get mm -hmm. one sell and that's the primary sell, and you don't get any royalties along the way. Now an artist can get that. And there are some artists 
like John Lee is an example that have benefited from that. You know, he's sold over a million dollars worth of art and he has absolutely benefited from secondary royalties. I think we'll be talking to John actually in the next month or so. Uh, next oh, he's fantastic. Month, we, yeah, we love John. We look forward to that for sure. And you know, th this whole discussion is really interesting um, because for our, for our listeners, some of them are maybe established artists and maybe potentially on exchange art themselves or uh, legend or super rare or whatever they're on, um, or they can be completely, you know, newbies. Yeah. Uh, and, and one of the things, you know, even talking to clients and people that want to get into Web3, uh, if we're consulting or building with them, is, you know, building it is one thing. Conceptualizing and building is one thing. But there's care and feeding. And that is the marketing end of things that people tend to forget. Oh, I'm going to make a series of 100 uh, NFTs and make a fortune. Well, do you have a reputation behind yeah. you? Have you shown in galleries before? Do people, you know, are, are do people know you? Do they own your art already? Or how prolific are you? Uh, and that's even one step. I mean, if you look at Mirakami, he's got an army of people behind him promoting right. and setting up shows. Um, wildly successful, uh, amazing artist, heck of a cool guy. Um, but there is so many, so much more mechanics that go behind the scenes uh, and tinkering. Uh, an effort, ongoing effort, you know, that's a big thing that we want our listeners to understand. It's not build it and they will come. It's build it, keep building, keep going and keep promoting it. Yeah. You know, there's that whole end of it. So it's very interesting. Community is so important. You know, that yeah. is a fundamental difference between traditional art sales and selling in Web3. Community, you build the community, you maintain the community, and you make extraordinary art, you'll be successful. But you have to have a community. You have to have a network effect because without the gallery, who's amplifying yeah. you? Is it your – do you have artists, friends that are willing to retweet you? Do you have collectors that are willing to support you not only in the purchase but also retweeting your tweets so that, that their friends can hear about you, right? This is what's really important. It's you're removing the intermediaries. But that doesn't mean that you don't need a network effect. And that's Absolutely. where community is so important. Yeah. Where do you see artists make that initial breakthrough? Because there always is kind of that breakthrough where you're kind of uh, just an artist. And even if you have really great work, and then there's that moment where you're just this kind of coveted rarity. Yeah. Uh, where do you usually see that happen? I mean, I, we kind of have a sense in the, in the traditional fine art world, but where, where do we see it in the digital space? Yeah, I mean, I think it really goes back to uh, working at it, right? Making making the great art, building the community. John Lee sold his first piece for two soul. His last piece in that series, I think it was like 22 pieces, sold for 300 soul on primary. Mm -hmm. So again, and you know, he just had, a, I think, a, a 333 soul secondary sale, of which he got a royalty for, by the way. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, it's just keep at it. Believe in yourself. Build the network. Help other people succeed. John actually onboards other artists that that are amazing but he's choosing to grow the pie he doesn't feel like other artists are a competitor he feels like it's his obligation as a leader in the space to help grow the space and to help mentor artists and make them better and that mentality that's the web3 mentality don't yeah, view the absolutely. artist as a competitor view them as an ally in this fight to change the art world 
Yeah. Uh, understand and embrace the network effect. Um, exactly. And this is, this is a real, and we've talked a lot about this, and it's the mind shift. Like yeah. normies have to jump the chasm into it's not all about stabbing people in the back to make money. Yeah. You actually can be really good people to each other, uh, build communities and networks that support each other. That's right. And, you know, talent will bubble up, you know? So. Well, it does seem like accessibility. It seems like art, artist accessibility matters more than ever, right? Like there's sort of a two-way dialogue where, where, where your fans really want to hear from the artist and, and, and be able to, to see that you're a real person. Yes. Maybe when we look at the conventional art world, it almost feels to me it's the opposite. You, you almost want to be a little aloof, a little distant, mysterious, unknown. I don't know. I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been to a ton of gallery shows. A lot. A lot. And it's almost like they airdrop the artist into the <laughs> gallery shows. And they're just like, and it's just like, they're not... There's not the same presence that you see with artists that are in Web3. Artists in Web3 understand that they got to build a community. They have mm -hmm. to be out there, whether it's they're talking on a Twitter space or maybe they don't like talking on a Twitter. That's fine, too. They're just tweeting, supporting other artists, DMing in group chats. That's fine, too. But they're so used to communicating in a way that I don't think the traditional artist is because they don't have to. They can rely on the gallery to to do the sales and marketing yeah what do you think of instagram's entrance into uh now allowing nfts is that is that a a good thing for you or is it a, just a neutral how does that affect you yeah I, listen for me it's about growing the pie yeah. for me it's about enabling web3 the more people that can see the value of nfts the value of collectibles the value of digital art that's a win so i i love the fact that uh, Instagram is uh, entering into the space, and I, I hope that they, uh, uh, you know, do integrate uh, with Solana in the end. That would be uh, phenomenal. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I think it's a very, very exciting times. And again, the more people we can get excited about NFTs, the better. Personally, I want every every platform to support it because yeah. then it's just it's a growth opportunity a network opportunity and people will get cre creative with it on those platforms as well beyond just the art itself so uh, i think it's fascinating and it's a great onboarding tool whereas someone would be like oh what is this nft button i don't even yeah. know what an nft it, is it's, you click it's, on it's, it and all of a sudden you're buying art <laughs> so that's that the, the instagram audience obviously a younger audience yeah uh, we also did the hamptons gallery and that was yeah. intended to go after a whole different audience like if you want that audience you have to go to that audience you don't get yeah. to like tweet at them uh, and so we wanted to go after like, what would it be like? The experiment was, what would it be like if we tried to sell to people that are 50 years older and you know, 50 years and above, and that were not technically savvy, and were very very wealthy? Because because we said because uh, according to the R Basel UBS report, it, it showed that 88 percent of high net worth collectors wanted to buy an NFT, but only six percent have. So we're like, okay, Ooh. let's. Let's try this out. And what we found was when they could see the art on a screen and they like they thought the screens were really cool. We partnered with Black Dove and they, they've integrated uh, with Solana. I was going to ask you about that. There yeah. Map screens. displays, right? Beautiful. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. And they, you, could, you could put them in the sun and there's no reflection. I mean, they're Dude. extraordinary. And people looked at it like, these are so cool. <laughs> okay. I kind of get now what NFTs are about because I was like really confused why people have them in the computer. 
um, like, what do I do with them? And I'm like, you put them in your home. And this is this aha moment that we had over the summer is leading us to why we're doing the Art Basel event in uh, actually at the end of this month, yeah. uh, which is we want to create this aha moment for traditional art collectors. We want them to go into these basically built rooms within this warehouse. Like there's literally we're building rooms and we have all these amazing screens from uh, Mural uh, by Netgear uh, and uh, Token Frame. And people are going to experience what does digital art mean in your home? Like, what do I do with this? They're not going to figure that out. And we hope that they leave with this aha moment that, like, there is an immense amount of utility in fine art that's digital. Uh, yeah, you know, it, I, I've been saying for years, as soon as someone really perfects that beautiful, frameless, crisp. Yeah you know, matte frame for the home and it's accessible. It's not $10,000. Yeah. That will be a big breakthrough. And I, yeah. I love that you guys are doing that and partnering on the hardware and the software side of it, because once you do it and it becomes, you know, wow, I can have giant pieces hanging in my, not only one piece, but multiple pieces Yeah, where you can have four walls and you can actually create very dynamic uh, illusions or even your own art installations. Yeah. That to me is very powerful. And, and again, what's cool is now we have two aspect ratios. So, you know, you have 16 by nine, which is your consumer television. And then we also have a one by one, which is a square. Um, so now we're starting to get more aspect ratios because artists make to different aspect ratios. So yeah. that's a consideration as well. So the market's maturing. The price of these screens is going down. They're no longer ten thousand yeah. dollars, which is exciting. Yeah. You know, I, I think I think a black dove is like uh, I think it's twenty twenty five hundred or so for a sixty five inch. I think wow. uh, you know you've got uh, a token frame has a square thirty three inch. I think it's eighteen hundred. Um, you know, these are prices that are coming down pretty dramatically. Um, and Netgear has very very approachable twenty nine inch screens. Uh, you know, very, very exciting times. We're seeing, again, the hardware getting better, the software alongside that hardware becoming far more accessible. And the integrations, obviously, we're very, very excited about all these integrations to Solana. It's only going to help the art artists in the long run. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, um, uh, I used to work, I worked for Hamptons Magazine uh, when I was starting out in design years and many, many years ago. I won't say the year, but, um, and we used to go to galleries, all the fancy, uh, you know, restaurants and everything. And, and the galleries are amazing, but they're, to your point, it, was, it wasn't very accessible. I mean, I, I would just would have loved to have been a fly on the wall with some of those conversations where old Old world oh, yeah. meets new world. What what is it? What is an NFT? What is a yeah. wallet? Is it the so thing many, in my back pocket? Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, I I would have had an and it, this is what I would have done. The first piece of art you would have seen answers all the basic questions before you get into the door. There you go. Download it. It's free. It's actually free. That's your first NFT. Boom. Now they're in. No, I love it. I love it. We so. we we we. We uh, had some amazing private lunches um, with some of these collectors. Gave them a really, really because it's in this world, it's very kind of a it's a white glove uh, kind of experience, and it, we're really, really excited. We were able to sell a hundred percent of the inventory to IRL collectors. 
of the oh. of the proof of photo show, which was fantastic. And uh, uh, the 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 evolution of painting, which uh, was an amazing show as well. It had uh, uh, an attributed Jackson Pollock next to um, uh, all these four outstanding uh, digital Abex artists. So that was a, a massive success as well. And we were four blocks, uh, not four blocks, like, I don't know, like 150 feet away from Christie's, which is cool. We were all yeah, in the same, cool. we're all on the same street. What's the, what's all the buzz going on down the block? Yeah. What's the buzz? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, very hip. We're very, very hip. With yeah. The digital oh, art. Those, those... But it was cool. We were in an old bank. So an old, we were the, 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 the crypto art exhibit was in an old bank which I thought was very ironic and fun. That, that is cool. Um, yeah. It had the vault like the, and everything. Yeah. It's like the, uh, the old, uh, clubs in New York city, you know, some of them are old banks or yeah. churches, you know, love that. It's, cool. it's a, a really cool vibe. Yeah. Are you trying to lure, uh, conventional artists, quote unquote, conventional artists into NFTs, into the digital space as well? You know, I, I, I don't know if this, we're definitely talking uh, with artists. I think when we talk to any artist, we, we, we try to set expectation about this new world, right? And it's very, very different than the world that they're coming from. There's a lot, there's a different type of work that they have to do in additional to the great art that they are creating. And so, you know, if they're willing to, to, to go full force in to this world, then absolutely we, we support them. We try to get them into the platform, but ultimately, this is a world where independent artists are thriving, which means that you have to be willing to do the work or at least get support for the work that needs to be done, right? So there's agencies that exist that can help you with marketing, et cetera, if you're not wanting to necessarily do all of the legwork on that front. But you have to be willing, somebody's gotta be willing to do the marketing and sales. You still have to be present with collectors. That doesn't go away. Um, but there are definitely ways that traditional artists can be successful, but the most successful artists in web three have been artists that have put in the work, started from the bottom and, and, you know, rose yeah. through the ranks. Yeah. Uh, Adam, any, um, any interesting new collaborations you might be able to tease out for us? Anything exciting? I can't, I can't announce anything, <laughs> but we do have some really, really big ones, but I, good, I, I can't, I can't, I can't announce maybe I, I will. What? I will give you a break when they. I'll, I'll let you know when they. When the, when I am able to announce them. But there are some really big ones, but I, I can't. Unfortunately, can't disclose them at this point. Ah, oh. we well, kind of knew that. But you know what? A guy's got to try, right? So we do have some cool, not like some product announcements. I'm pretty excited about. Like, you know, we have like insane retention. Like, I go into like Hot Jar, and it's like. A sample size like eighty six percent retained users. It's wow. pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty nuts how that's how and we have no retention mechanism, right? They're just retained because commerce. Yeah. Um, they know what the, they know what they have to do. Yeah. Yeah. I so we're excited about being able to roll out a whole notification layer, both in application as well as external notifications. That's coming uh, by the end of this month first week of December. So we're really, really excited uh, about, uh, you know, again, continuing to innovate, add new capabilities, help artists improve their average sale price. That's what this is all about. Yeah, really cool. And you've done a really great job of 
showing us that these platforms just don't have to be, you know, a, a bid, a buy, and you know, download. It's it's more uh, engaging. Yeah. Um, and uh, some of the features, functionality, tools, and actually the external events that you're doing are are really exciting, and and the collaborations are really exciting. Absolutely. Like we're just again we we're. we're you know, as a company, we love experimenting both in the digital space, obviously with development and stuff, but also in the physical space, continuing to, you know, we've done over 10 hacker houses around the world. Um, we, we, we set up the NFT gallery uh, in partnership with Solana across, across the world. And that's been an amazing because there's, you know, it's funny at the last hacker house in Lisbon, there was over a thousand people that showed up prior to the actual conference to just develop and, and, and network. And there was over 40 artists that were actually at that hacker house. These are developers, these are artists and they're networking, <laughs> awesome. they're talking. And it's like, and that's the amazing thing about Solana is there's a insanely large developer community, but there's also an extraordinary and committed artist community that loves, you know, networking and having fun and, and you know, making amazing art in real life. And so that, that was really fun to see, um, as well. Great. As we've been uh, talking, I keep kind of sifting through exchange art and looking at a bunch of the pieces and there's so many cool, wild, weird ones. Yeah. Uh, are there any that you have that uh, any favorites, any that you recommend us take a look yeah, at I, here? You're going to get me in trouble, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get me in trouble. Favorites here. Uh, yeah. Right. No, I mean, I mean, one of the artists that I, I really, I really like, uh, and it's partly because we got our start together, um, you know, was, uh, at the very beginning, there was a lot of artists that were doing uh, commission work, right? They were taking people's collectibles, their profile picture, and they were putting their style on it. And I, you know, I was trying to get these artists, even when I was doing the collectible market back with Digital Eyes, I was, I was, I was trying to get them to create their own series. And, you know, this artist, I was like, was one of the very, very early artists in the ecosystem. It was a self-taught African-American artist. And, you know, his first piece was called The New Beginning. And it's kind of where, you know, we got our start together. So Pinug is, is an amazing artist. I really, really love his work. I've been a long time supportive of him. Uh, and again, you know, the, the beautiful thing about Solana, and this cannot be understated, is how many artists that have you know, whether you're a minority artist, whether you're a female, how many artists have been neglected by the traditional art world and how this art, this world is providing a better future for them. I mean, again, self-taught artist and is absolutely doing amazing. And that's, I think that's the beauty of Solana is like, it's, it is, it is a, a blockchain of opportunity. So no matter what your path in life, there's an, there's a way in now. It's not like you have to just be in the right community or know the right people or uh, fit the right mold, for, right mold for what uh, would get you into the art world. It's it's open to to people from many walks of life now, right? Yeah, and that's that's one of the most extraordinary things about this. I mean, again, the old art world had very much the patronage model, so you had to know that wealthy billionaire in order to be put up. They buy forty of your pieces, and then you're off to the races. It's not very equitable to uh, people that might not know a billionaire. So I kind of know one. And by the way, this is uh, for Exchange Yard and ARC. It's not financial advice. 
Yeah, none of this is financial <laughs> yeah. advice. Yeah, we don't want disclaimer. We don't want Adam to accidentally sway the market. No, no, no. I, so. none of this is financial. <laughs> I, I, again, there's, there's, you know, there's extraordinary artists across all categories. I love to just browse the leaderboard. I have specific art that I personally enjoy. I love illustration. I love photography. Love abstract art. And I constantly will look at like the one seven thirty in all time about where yeah. artists are. And I try like I love the one day because I'm able to find new artists that you know maybe they only had one soul, two soul, but they're showing up under the specific category in the lat leaderboard that I love, right? And I see a lot of I see a lot of um, collectors do that as well. They like to 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 surf through the leaderboard to kind of discover who's trending, who's who's kind of up and coming. Uh, and we show the activity history, we show their sales history. So you're able to kind of set a trend line on where that artist is and figure out, okay, I want to buy this artist. This is kind of what I'm willing to pay. And then we're off to the races. That's, that's, that's how the magic's made. Yeah. The leaderboard is really cool. It actually adds a nice little dimension to it. And it, it it's almost like a little bit of metrics met with, you know, fun collaboration and, and just info. Yeah, I mean, we're thinking about like, I want to make it fun. You know, one of the cool things that we did that nobody else had done was we added live chat to auctions. Oh, and, that's cool. And, and like, what's cool about it is like, you know, we wanted to provide a place where if you're an artist or collector, and maybe you weren't bidding on it, you could still support and have fun. And we have gifts and all kinds of things. And people go nuts. I mean, there's been times where for a 24 hour auction, there was over 1000 messages for like one auction. So it's it's extraordinary to see the level of engagement for people and how they wanna support their peers. Um, it's a great way where if you do have a question about the piece before you're bidding on it, you can actually directly ask that question publicly and then other people can see the response, responses from the artist. So that was really cool. But that theme of ma about making it fun and exciting, yeah. that's what it's all about. Maybe we'll add badges, you know, there's, there's so many kind of fun ideas that we're going to be exploring in this next year. The, the, the live chat is really cool because it, it actually becomes like a live audience, right? Like you do have in very big, like Christie's or Sotheby's, uh, auctions. And it's, you know, how many times have you caught yourself watching live or recorded audiences and you're watching the, uh, live auctions and you're watching the audiences, right. the reactions, the oohs, the ahs, the, I can't believe this or who's bidding. And you know, that's, that's part of the fun, you know, and collectors like dunking on each other, you know, that's, yeah. the, that's the other thing. Yeah. Like, Oh, slam. Psh. Yeah. Know, they're not, they're, whale they're, comes they're, in. yeah, they're not all, uh, quaffed up, uh, in their seersucker suits this, and ties. This, they're, this they're, one, they're dunking. Yes. You're this, right. It's different, this different one, breed. This one crypto whale would always put, uh, whenever he like bid, uh, he would always like put this like giant, but, uh, um, rabbit just flopping on somebody. <laughs> so there's, there's like you know, some of the, some of the, the, the crypto collectors have some really interesting gift trademarks that they yeah. like to do when they, when they put their, their bid in. So it's, a, it's a lot of fun. People love yeah. it. That is cool. You can get when you when you top the leaderboard or things that in the pipeline that you would give give people. Yeah, I mean we're definitely thinking about um, you know airdrops and things like that. Um, you know, right now we have extremely low fees. Um, you know, that's one of the things that 
we're really proud about trying to, to, to continue to grow the pie. Um, in terms of rewards, you know, we're definitely exploring different options. Um, trying to incentivize, uh, you know, collectors to further support the artists to amplify their message. So we're definitely thinking about a lot of different ideas on that front. Um, so, but, 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 but definitely we've done airdrops in the past to the people that are top of the leaderboard. Awesome. And then I think, uh, you know, sort of, I want to go back to something we talked about earlier. You, you were said there's so much new art, uh, that you're seeing and, and new ways of, of creating that we're seeing through, uh, you know, through exchange art and just through NFTs in general. Um, what are some of the styles that just excite you the most in terms of what are you seeing that hasn't been done before? Obviously there's, I mean, I'm looking through the different categories. You have animation, you have music, you have music videos, you have pixel art, you know, we talked yeah. about generative. Uh, what do you think is some I mean, of the most innovative art that you're seeing that's taking place that, that, that we haven't seen? I, one of the things I thought was very cool was like film photography, then illustration drawn on top of the film photography. So like, I think that was a really, really uh, creative, uh, you know, mixed media art. Um, so a lot of the blending of like traditionally siloed categories that weren't even considered art, but now are able to be called art because of provenance, um, right. you know, I think are very, very exciting. That's one of them. Um, you know, I think animation, seeing what people are doing on that front is extremely exciting. You got DK from, uh, Obviously, Ethereum, you got um, uh, Adam Ape uh, does extraordinary work uh, on Solana. Uh, there's, there's a ton of really, really talented animators. And I think we're, it's, just, it's just warming up on that front. Um, the, because the animation industry doesn't love NFTs. Uh, <laughs> and they get, and the, furthermore, 3D art. I'm very excited about 3D art. But I should also note, gaming studios also do not like NFTs. So a lot yeah. of these people kind of have to create with a pseudonym because they don't want to get like blacklisted in their own industry. That's so interesting. That's interesting. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So there's wow. like a lot of weird. Yeah, I mean, this is again, this is the feedback that I've gotten from artists. I, I I've never been a game studio developer. I've never been an animator. But the feedback that I've gotten is, eh, not a big fan. So they kind of do, do it. With is, why do you think that is? Why Why is there that siloed off? Uh, you know, I. I yeah, I wouldn't want to speculate on that front. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. Um, but there's clearly some level of animosity that 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 exists. But what's exciting is that like, there are these folks like Zenom, who ironically is a 3d art, uh, he works with 3d art with game development. And he is a pixel artist, which I find awesome and hilarious. And he's trying to get his friends, uh, obviously in and and um, you know, you know, he's working on it. He wants to get more and more people in the space. That's what I'm so pumped about it, right? Like all these artists want their friends to win, right? They're not thinking about just themselves and the pie. They're like, how do I grow this pie? And I, it's just, it's exciting to see these extraordinarily talented people that only want to grow the space. It's refreshing, Adam, um, that you're saying this because I know in the early days of NFTs, it was all very... Mm, who you knew it was yeah. a very very old school gallery yeah, yeah, yeah. to warm this person up who did you meet at dinner you know uh, at a, an event or whatnot um you had to open up certain doors to a gated community yeah 
it was all very insular. Other artists didn't know, want you to know kind of the collections they're putting out. Um, but now this sounds so much more open and just more uh, accessible. We definitely are aiming it for it to be more accessible. Like we, yeah. we continue to grow, help grow collector communities. Um, and we continue to support communities that are trying to educate artists. Uh, there's a, a, amazing collectives that are out there, artist collectives. There's also amazing collector, uh, you know, communities out there that are supported via like a collectible, either a collectible NFT or a one-on-one art uh, NFT. So, you know, these are the things that are powering the ecosystem. And I think one of the cool things about Solana is how, as a marketplace, we've decided to, instead of just being above the fray, we've decided we want to be a part of the fray. We want to help amplify these communities and grow the space. And I think that's, that's something that I just haven't seen with other blockchains is how the, yeah. the way the marketplaces operate on Solana is like we're in the thick of it. And I don't care if you're talking about the collectible side of the market or the fine art, the marketplaces are in the thick of it. They are They've got their ear to the ground with the community, building features that their specific audience needs. And that's been really, really exciting to see. And and I I, I think it's one of the most underappreciated things about Solana is how mm. close and connected the community is. Yeah. Yet another reason to like them. So I know. Good. I'm very uh, bullish on Solana if you couldn't if you couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah, look, we <laughs> We've got the Solana T-shirts and the posters, yeah. and, you know, whatever. I love it. Yeah, we're we're, we're very much into them. So uh, for for very much the same reasons, the, they're they want people to enjoy their platform, uh, and and tokenization is a means to an end to get people onto these platforms and start to use these applications and services. So yeah, kudos. Well, they're unique Definitely. also in, just in their approach, you know, with the stores and everything. They seem like they really understand this notion of mass adoption. I think that really, for any of us talking Web3, that seems to be this big hurdle, right? That That's still, like you were even talking about earlier, just the idea of wallets, these very simple concepts when you're entering this space still yeah. are not quite accessible to people. We're, we're getting very close, but we're just not quite there yet. Yeah? I think there's a level of, I mean, it, it, this is a story as old as as old as time it's about you know like non-custodial wallets are they're getting better and i think solana has i like to think the best custodial wallets non-custodial wallets out there but there are going to be different segments of users and it's i think you know as a blockchain and as builders on the blockchain we have to be able to service different segments of the market some people want a custodial solution and yeah. the segments that we go after, the high net worth collectors, they're different than, let's say, the DGEN persona or the normal collector. Like the, the people that are coming from the trad art world, they're used to custodial solutions. They put their art in a free port. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, you know, and so we have to be able to, to recognize the segments and build solutions to get those people on board. And I think... You know, oftentimes when you, 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 you know, you, you have the, the maxis, you know, and, 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 and that's not what's going to get mass adoption. What we're going to optimize at Exchange Art is trying to figure out how we can build solutions for different segments of customers. And, and again, our goal is to transform the art world. And the only way to do that is with people. Yeah. 
What are the biggest hangups from an artist standpoint and a collector standpoint? Just curious. Um, I think, you know, again, continuing to evolve the platform, um, you know, I, I would love to, I'd love to be able to add more collector management capabilities, uh, onto the platform. Uh, I want to keep, uh, you know, enabling new forms of discovery on the platform. Um, and, and these are all things that we're going to be going deep in, uh, uh, this year. So I'd say on the artist side, simplifying their life, right? We've got a pre-sell functionality, which was manual because we wanted to test out whether the market wanted it, the market wanted it. And so now we're, we have, a, we're rolling out kind of the more automated version of it. Uh, and that's just, again, how do I make the artist's life easier? How do I give them more capabilities to sell? And this is the thing about the artists. I have, I have ideas for years. I like, honestly, development ideas. I have like so many ideas and, uh, you know, it's about figuring out what the artist needs to make a living. And so that's, 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 that's kind of my central focus on the artist side On the collector side. It's how do I, how do I find the things that are going to make me happy that are going to build out a better collection, uh, in my metaverse gallery, right? Those are the things that we try to uh, support uh, the collector on. Obviously also new payment methods. We have, I can make this announcement. I think by either tomorrow or Monday, we'll be able to accept uh, pay by ETH. Um, so nice. you know, new ways, we already support credit card purchases up to 15,000. How do we keep providing new means for people to pay for art? Because people want the flexibility. Sometimes they just wanna put it on, get the credit card points. Sometimes they, hey, I got extra ETH. I want to pay with ETH. Okay, that's fine. You know, we want to provide all the means for people to transact. And um, th that's something on the collector side that we continue to focus on, discovery and, and means of payment. That's great. And I guess kind of as we wrap up, uh, so what's your biggest advice for people who want to get into this right now? They're new. They're, they're hearing this. They're thinking, oh, my gosh, I've got to get my art onto exchange art or start getting into the NFT space. Or you're a collector who wants to start engaging. How, what do you recommend? Are there communities you recommend? How should people get started? Yeah, so we have extraordinary, uh, an extraordinary community. And the, if you're an artist, the first thing I would do is join that community. Start following artists on Twitter. Uh, start, um, you know, uh, connecting uh, with our Twitter spaces. We host them all the time. On Tuesday, we have an amazing partnership with Pangu Art Collective. Uh, they uh, support emerging artists. And so we like to highlight those emerging artists and talk about different topics every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central. And then on, on Thursday, we have an amazing show called The Art Weekly. Uh, this is kind of what's happening in the art world uh, on Solana, uh, kind of a recap of the week. That happens every Thursday at 4 p.m. Central. These are great things to go to. Um, you know, we also have uh, oftentimes like on Monday, Wednesday, and, and Friday, we, we have kind of open uh, promotional spaces where artists can introduce themselves to the community. And if you're, if you're, if you're shy, that's okay. Listen to the other artists that are speaking, follow them, DM them, build that network. You need the people that are gonna support you, right? Find your tribe. That's really, really, really important. 
So that's on the artist side. Get involved, get engaged, start creating work. You don't necessarily have to sell everything you create, but always create. On the collector side, same kind of advice. Join these communities. Look at the collector leaderboard. Look at what they're purchasing. You can do that. That's the exciting thing. You could actually track the activity of the top collectors in the space. It might inspire you uh, on specific category that you never knew that you loved. So I, I, I like to, I like personally, I like to look at a few wallets that I think have fantastic uh, a taste in art. And I like to see what they're buying. And, you know, I kind of, you know, I have a little bit of an influence. Uh, it influences me a little bit as well. Like, so I like to look at what other collectors are doing. I bond with a lot of collectors. I've known them for well over a year at this point. Um, many I've met in person at multiple events. Um, so that's that's what I'd recommend. Build relationships. It's a it's a very very common theme in Web three. Whether you're the artist, whether you're the collector, relationships are everything in Web three. I would just wrap up with with one thought, you know, just for our audience, whether you're into pure play, you know, physical fine art or NFTs or you're not into NFTs or you are. The moral of the story here is that more and what I'm noticing and we're all starting to notice if you're in this world is that people are engaging in art again. Yes. You know, and it, it's happening again. And it may not be your medium, but be thankful that it actually is because it has a ripple effect all over the world. So the NFT movement is special and, and very, very important in my eyes. Totally. Um, Adam, thank you so much. This has been amazing. Uh, great conversation. We really enjoyed yeah, the, thank you. Uh, the platform. Um, please um exchange.art go go check it out they really are doing something special um and, and very unique within the art space and the nft space um and you know from physical to pure play digital they're accessible and the communities are growing and, and quite vibrant absolutely Thanks, Adam. thank you thank you so much for having me it's a great conversation and and definitely if you're an artist you're a collector please come to exchange.art we'd love to have you thanks awesome. everybody for listening Thank you. This has been Web3 Unpacked.